Hello, and welcome to the Bon Appetit Foodcast. I am not Adam Rappaport. I am Julia Kramer. I'm a senior editor at Bon Appetit, and I am the host of Test Kitchen Talk. Do not hit pause. Do not hang up the podcast. Adam will return with his regularly scheduled podcast programming, where he will interview celebrities and other people who are way too important to talk to me. I am here, on the other hand, with some of my favorite people in the building, the editors from the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen, where I ask them questions about what they're cooking, and I try to get some advice to uh, make my life and yours a little bit more delicious. On today's episode, we are talking about how you cook in the summer. Now, whether you live in a small apartment in New York City or a larger apartment in my hometown of Chicago, or maybe a beautiful house in Dallas, you know that summer means cool 65 degree days, that beautiful breeze. You just want to go home at night, crank the oven up to 500 degrees and make a pizza. Yeah, until you get home and it's 100 degrees and humid and it's like you're living inside a sock. That's what our Test Kitchen editors are here to help us out with today. How do you cook when it's too hot to cook? Joining me today on Test Kitchen Talk are food director Carla Lally Music and associate digital food editor Rick Martinez. Hello. What's up, Julia? So Rick, let's start with you. What do you cook on a hot summer night? This is actually my favorite time to not cook because everything is so amazing. Actually, my favorite summertime meal is a beautiful heirloom tomato and a baguette and a little salt. And that's it. And I used to, I mean, I've been doing this for years. And I honestly, during August and and September, I will eat that three to four times a week. It doesn't need anything else, you know? And, And every year I go through this thing where like, there are all these tomato recipes that I want to cook. And when I'm down to, here's a basket of beautiful, delicious, amazing tomatoes, I can't do anything to them because they're too perfect the way they are. And and yeah, it's hot and I don't want to cook anything, but I mean, they're just so good. And I just have, feel like I have to enjoy them right then and right there, the way that they are. So you don't even put olive oil on? No, I used to dress them up. Now I'm just like, you know, salt. Because also... 10 months out of the year, I'm eating, if I have to eat a tomato, it's it's horrible, or I don't eat them. And so this is my two-month opportunity to like eat as many tomatoes as I possibly can, because they're incredible. I will take your tomato sandwich and raise you some mayo. Little I'm, mayo. Little, I mean, or a little butter. My mom always put the butter on the tomato sandwich. Ooh. Delicious. Oh, I, see, I want to try that. You should. I have to agree with Rick that this is the time of year to really get into the produce that is around. But for me, there's this huge tension almost between everything I find at the farmer's market and cannot turn down, just can't leave without. And then I get home, I have four tote bags, I almost rip my shoulders out, walking the three blocks back to my house. I get home and I have all this food and I feel immediately all this pressure to do something with it before it goes bad. You know, it's almost more than you can fit in the fridge. I think it's a mix of like, figuring out the really fast cooking things that you can do with with what you've brought home to turn it into a meal. So it's sort of that mix between the the fresh raw stuff and something really simple cooked. Definitely not turning on the oven. Anything I can do on the stovetop, cutlets are really great, or even having hard-boiled eggs lying around that you can turn into a salad. It's a great thing also to have like 
the rotisserie chicken so you don't have to roast your own chicken you know let the other other people can do this cooking for you so some rotisserie chicken cured meats prosciutto some salami cheeses and like a giant salad with a ton of different kinds of produce in it and that's that's the way to go so, Rick, you were talking about tomato toast. Tomatoes are something that people get really excited about in summer. They're on the cover of our August issue. Classic salad, the caprese, tomato and mozzarella. Um, but there are so many different versions of that classic combination. Where else can you take that? Really, tomatoes... Anything creamy or fatty, they will go with. So just about any cheese that you might have in your refrigerator um, is probably a, a something that will pair well with a tomato. Yeah, people don't want to think about the fact that the tomato is a fruit. So when you think about caprese is really mixing fruit and it's a fruit and cheese salad, which hmm. is really weird to think about. But like, yeah, plums and ricotta or tomato and cheddar or... Um, you know, nectarines with uh, burrata cheese that's also like luscious and creamy and you want to salt and pepper that. And then instead of basil, try mint or see what cilantro does. Or um, there's so many different kinds of basil. You get the Thai basils, those purple basils, and they all have different flavors. You kind of can't mess it up. And how do you dress that? Just like drizzle of olive oil? I mean, I'm a big believer in olive oil, salt and pepper on everything. And olive oil on fruit is amazing. Huh. Completely. One thing that um, is sort of the stereotypical no-cook food, gazpacho. How do you make good gazpacho? I made it the other night. It was like chewing a soup. For me, the secret to gazpacho, when you have cold soup, you have to over-season it. So mm-hmm. the way that a soup tastes when it's warm is completely different than the way it's going to taste cold. So you have to really be generous with the salt. And I think for me, the secret to a good gazpacho, and correct me if I'm wrong, is a a very healthy amount of um, vinegar. I love sherry vinegar with tomatoes. So sherry vinegar or red wine vinegar in a tomato gazpacho is so great. And then I also love to put almonds or even um, stale bread when you're blending it, and that will give it really nice body and a little bit of fat and so you don't just feel like you're eating cold puree right i also think uh within that balance i mean because for me i I want a little bit of sweetness too i find sometimes fruit adding like a peach half a peach a plum uh some watermelon in there kind of balances out because i definitely i will heavy up on the salt and the acid but I want a little like roundness uh, from the the sweetness. And you've got so many different fruits that are available during this time. Why not use some of those? Every second the soup is in your mouth, it it changes a little bit uh, in flavor. And so if you can add other dimensions, whether it's the the salt or the fat or the acid or the sweet, and adding that spice so that there's something to like you know kind of hit you at the very end um, is really nice too. But I also think with gazpacho, texture is a big part of it too mm-hmm. because you know. There's the part that is the puree, but I typically chop up some of the same ingredients and put those in as well. So you've got the smoothness, but then you also have some texture and some bite as well. So, Carla, one time I had the privilege of being invited over to your house. You're a very good uh, home entertainer. Rick, maybe one day you'll invite me over. One day. <laughs> um, what's a good no-cook appetizer? Something you can like put out when people come over that's... You don't have to work hard at it, but uh, 
It's not, you know, like some store-bought Stacy's pita chips. Not that that would be bad. I think right now we've been going through a really heavy crudite moment Mm -hmm. and almost to the point where I would like to say no more to the crudite. But in the summer, again, you want to have – you have all that amazing produce. You want to eat it raw. You don't want to mess with it. So for me, it would be about coming up with – you know, taking advantage of the stuff that just looks really cool, like the purple radishes and um, all the different kinds of herbs and everything else, um, and do like a really cool dip with that. So um, you can start with any, start with, starting with yogurt, olive oil, um, really any like kind of creamy, fatty thing, and then mixing herbs and spices, chili flake, spike it with sriracha or anything that you find in the fridge. And I think that that's really nice and light in the summer as well. One thing that um, I did recently, because I also kind of get bored with crudite, or sometimes I think crudite is going to be really easy. And then I'm spending an hour like cleaning all the vegetables. So I took some really nice French breakfast radishes, and I kind of half melted some butter it was melty enough that I could coat the radishes in it. And then I put them on like a parchment lined tray and dip them in a little bit of, you know, flaky salt, whatever, and put them in the fridge. And it was like someone made your crudite for you. Like they already dipped. That's very Daniel Hume of you. I know. know. It's like my kitchen is like 11 Madison Park. Like, seriously, come over any night. Oh, is that the invite? Yeah. (laughs) Is that the actual invite? This weekend? What time? Um, But yeah, I don't know. I thought that was like a fun way to kind of mix up crudite. Yeah. Rick, you did a really good ceviche recipe in our May issue. Would you recommend people make that at home? Um, it's, it's really amazing. I mean, my, my favorite, and I, I have made this several times is a uh, shrimp ceviche. And basically the way that I make mine, it's like a pico de gallo with uh, chopped shrimp in it. But you cook your shrimp? I like mine rare, medium rare. So that's probably a good, you know, three to five minutes soak, no longer than that. But, um, yeah, so lime juice, tomato, red onion, uh, serrano pepper, a little bit of cucumber, maybe some cilantro. Chop shrimp, throw it in there. It's really Sounds good. awesome. Yeah. So everything I know about cooking, I learned from Christina Che, who sits next to me in the office. She brings her lunch every day. She makes these beautiful noodle salads. She posted on Instagram one of her noodle salads and the recipe for the peanut sauce. And I try to like do everything that she does so I can be like her. So I made <laughs> her peanut dressing, which was like, super simple, could use it for the whole week. I would eat that noodle salad for lunch, dinner, just like just when I'm sitting alone. Admit you know, it. You would night. have it for breakfast. <laughs> just admit it. It's basically just peanut butter, rice vinegar, a little bit of water, random. Well, you got to make it pourable. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, a splash of soy sauce, drizzle of honey, grated garlic clove, a little bit of ginger, spoonful of some uh, red chili flakes, squeeze of lime juice. If you started with tahini instead Mm. of peanut butter, I bet all of those same things mixed in would make a really rad sesame sauce too. The other great thing about the cold noodles or using rice noodles is that you don't actually have to boil them. A lot of them, you have to double check, but a lot of them you can just pour hot Hot water water over them and they will 
then just like, soften. Yeah. 15 minutes later, you've got a bowl full of And noodles. unlike regular pasta, like rinse freely. You know, there's no, no shame in rinsing off with cold water. Um, one thing that is really easy to not cook, dessert. What kind of no-cook desserts do you guys like to make? I'm a big berries and cream person. Mm. There's really, that's another one of the strategies is really to never have to put the berries into the fridge at all. Um, so you can have them the same day that you buy them. So berries, cold cream, a little sprinkle of sugar. It is like the greatest thing in the world. And you can use creme fraiche thinned out with a little milk. It doesn't have to be heavy cream, but it's delicious. So you don't even whip the cream. No. You're just pouring cream. That, yes. That's allowed. Berries and cream. I mean, you can whip the cream. I'm not going to kick you out of bed for doing something like that. <laughs> but I really think like strawberries that are sort of room temperature and very cold, heavy cream and a little bit of sugar. It's sublime. Sounds Fantastic. Like it's like it's like the whipped cream melted into your pie filling, basically. Wow. wow. Okay, well, I learned something on today's show. You don't even have to whip cream. Just drink it straight from the bottle. Thank you, Carla, for that. Thank you, Rick, for all your um, brilliant ideas. Thank you all for joining us on the show. You can find these recipes and um, a lot more on bonappetit.com. The Bon Appetit Foodcast is recorded to a digital device in the small conference room on the 36th floor of One World Trade Center in New York City. Our engineer is Mitra Kaboli, with production assistance from Bell Cushing and Carrie Polis, and is produced by Scott DeSimon. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or at bonappetit.com.